0: Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. I am your host, Mike Luke, joined by William Brad Alice. All right, as you all know, DraftKings is where you should be right now. Throw down, for any new customer, throw down $1, okay? $1. And you know what? If either team scores, you get $100 in free plays. It's that simple. It's that easy. Make it happen. All right, Brad, love having you on on Mondays because there's always a ton to break down. And you know what? There's very... There's about four or five people that I grew up reading and listening to, and you know what? Mr. Brad Alice, Saguaro uh, alum, pride of Saguaro, pride of the U of A, pride of uh, a previous place I used to work at, is joining us as usual on Monday. William, how you doing, bud? I'm doing well,
1: and first you make me feel old, then I realized, well, I think I'm only 10 years older than you, maybe even less than that, so at least you were reading me in your teens and I was still in my 20s. Oh correct.
0: You know what? In game recognized game on that one right there. So, we got a we got a lot to get to right here. So, first and foremost, we're going to talk some Territorial Cup. We're going to talk some Arizona men's and women's basketball. Hint, they're both really really good. But let's get the t- <laughs> let's get the tough spot, uh, stuff out of the way first. Arizona falls to ASU uh, 38 38-15. It was just kind of a culmination, I think, of everything that was this season, Brad, in that you had a team in Arizona that was going against a much more talented team uh, in ASU, were able to kind of hang around, ended up shooting themselves in the foot for a good percentage of the game. And I think the over-under on penalties was something like 16. That was an actual prop bet. And, you know, Arizona did its part to go over. But right now, Brad, I look at it and I just say to myself, you know what? This game was kind of a microcosm of the season.
1: No, I think you and I know other people have said that, too, but I agree 100 percent. You look at it and if I'm not mistaken, six trips into the red zone, Mm -hmm. one touchdown, two crippling turnovers that resulted directly to 14 points, bad penalties, drops, bad officiating. Um, if you could sum up the season, it was this game. Arizona went into the fourth quarter with a chance and then was really horrific in the fourth quarter. You know, you had Plummer's interception. I think you had a huge, some huge drops. You had the penalties in the red zone, uh, you know, just not being able to stop ASU when you need to. But realistically, if, if Will Plummer doesn't commit to, and again, they were atrocious turnovers. Yeah, I know his arm got hit on the fumble, he had that barely. Um, right, he had right. that ball dangling out there. The, the Everyone in the stadium on TV, uh, there were dudes on uh, NASA satellites who could see that pick six coming. Um, <laughs> you don't do that, and, and you're in like a seven-point game. I mean, and it's, it's interesting because we make comparisons to the Mike Stoops era, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of similarities. Instant improvement and competitiveness. In fact, I would argue that Fish's teams have been more competitive in more games in the fourth quarter than Stoops was that first year by a two or three. And he, again, he also right. played one last game. The difference is they found ways to win a couple games. games. Um, and when they lost, they kind of lost in spectacular fashion for, for Stoops. It was the, you know, the Gilbert Harris fumble, the Gilbert Harris fumble, the, uh, the false start penalty that leads to a 48 yard field goal, not a 43 yard field goal in a, in a hurricane. Uh, So there's things I'm more optimistic about because again, you take out really San Diego state and uh, uh, Colorado and Washington state. And they were in every game in the four, at least to start the fourth quarter. Now, Oregon pulled away quickly. UCLA pulled away quickly, uh, but But they hung hung with a really good Utah team. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But the problem is you also barely beat a Cal team who had nothing that day. You lost to NAU. Uh, You got blown out by Colorado, who's awful. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are problems. And we keep seeing some of the same mechanical mistakes. Coming out of a timeout with too many or too little players on the field, Uh, especially on the defensive side. You know, um, bad penalties at bad times, drops. Uh, bizarre play calling, which again, may not be fish playing calling, maybe the quarterback checking down or the quarterback reading it wrong, but we keep seeing these things. So these have me with, with trepidation. I will say this, you all long for the dictome Tomey how many times did Dick Tomey call a timeout or come out of a TV timeout and burn a timeout? Right. Um, because the play couldn't get called in. But, uh, again, a lot of people want to stamp this as a failure. And a lot of people want to stamp it as a success. I'm in between. Mm-hmm. I can't write Jed Fish off, but I also can't say, oh, yeah, he's, he's going to be fine. He's going to be. I don't know. I just right. don't know. And a lot of it's going to be what happens the next two, three weeks. They got to turn. There's going to be 30 new players. One thing that well, let's I think see what be. those 30 are.
0: One thing that I think people, and we're gonna, we got a bunch of comments coming in here, so we'll get to those in just a second. Um, One thing that I think people do need to realize, though, is um, everybody, at least on message boards that I've been on, if uh, people are trying to say, well, trying to compare this to Stoops' first year, and the one thing though that I think is a little bit of a difference, and I think that this is important to put out there, Brad, is that as crazy as this is to sound, and I, I get it. The team that Mike Stoops inherited still had a lot more talent than this. I looked at it on a college football reference. There was actually, in Stoops' first year, now granted, two of the guys he brought in in his initial recruiting class, there were nine guys that would go on to play in the NFL, and there were established players already. Mike Bell is one of the, what, five, six, seven best backs in school history. He's somewhere in there. He was good. Copeland Bryant on the defensive side of the ball was a pass rusher that ended up playing in the NFL. You had other guys. Cindric Steptoe went on to play in the league. He was a holdover. Same with a guy like a Will Ray Fontenot. Guys like that. So there was more talent. I don't look on this team, look at this team, Brad, and say to myself for a second that there is uh nine NFL players or quite frankly, even a third of that. It just doesn't look like that.
1: Yeah, I think three might be optimistic. And and the problem is the best players on this team are not NFL size, speed. I mean, right. all Stan, like Stan Barrio, yeah, is a great example. Jalen uh, Harris, probably undersized to be a rush end in the NFL, but not fast enough to be a traditional linebacker. Um, oddly enough, I think you're going to see the, the guys who will get looks at the NFL will be guys who didn't necessarily produce but have the size, have the speed, uh, things of that nature. But, yeah, I look at it, and and they both inher- inherited bad teams, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, I think where Stoops did is Stoops inherited, yeah, ha- a handful of really good or legit players. He had to build depth. Right. And Fish inherited less good players and still has the depth issue. Right. Um, you know, at, le- at the very least, you know, Stoops inherited – a better, as as crazy as it sounds, Chris Hevener and Richard Kovalecek are probably a better quarterback option than what. Now, does that mean I don't think Jordan McLeod might be better than Hevener or Kovalecek? No, maybe. But when you look at those two versus the three, uh, and frankly, Adam Austin was, was part of that mix. Adam Austin ended up starting some games. Uh, when Willie Tama had a, a concussion issue, then that was, that was the irony of Makovic. Most of his best players were walk-ons. When you look at Copeland, Brian, Adam, Austin, Bam, McCray, right. uh, he, he could bring him some really, of course, you could argue about that with fish so far when you look at, you know, Dorian Singer and a, and a few of those guys.
0: All right, let's get to these questions here because they're coming hot and heavy. Sean Seely, first and foremost, one of our favorite people on here. Sean was at a U of A game uh, I saw on social media. Sean always backs the A. He says, "What up, gentlemen?" or should I say, "Fellow Saguaro Cougars?" He was class of '96, if I'm not mistaken. So the word spreads. If you're from, so he Saguaro- probably knows my brother. Oh, sorry, Sean. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, Canyon Alice, right there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The- All right. <laughs> so Scott Schlittenhart said there will be no. Kovelchek slander. All right, here's the I'm, we're actually giving Kovalchek some credit here, and then I think he's better than Willy uh Will Willy Plumber, Will Plumber gunner Cruz.
1: Let's not forget Richard Kovalchek started in the SEC. It, that, it that's all with, there is to it. It was with Vanderbilt.
0: Who cares? But he started in the SEC. All right, let's get Andre Veras first question up right here. How optimistic are you about next season? My optimism my optimism went out the window when Don Brown left. I was really excited to see what Don could do with a full off season, but now hard to get excited. I was talking with a couple people last night and I think the over under for wins next year is going to be 3 because here's the problem. Now, and Arizona fans, as we found out this year, you can't take it for granted. But NAU is generally a gimme. That's they're not on the schedule next year. You've got a North Dakota State team that I believe was eleven and one this year, if I'm not mistaken.
1: The um, you've you've quarterback a, factory, North Dakota you, State. Yes,
0: you've got a Mississippi State squad that is, well, should beat Arizona, and you got a San Diego State team that, well, we know who that turned out. So you don't really. You're probably going to go into conference. Winless. And then from there, it's kind of an uphill battle. Um, as far as let's talk about let's let's address Don Brown first. Um now, uh, uh, I'm gonna disagree with Scott and Sean here a little bit. I thought Don Brown until maybe the last game or two, I thought he did a pretty good job. Uh, and maybe that's just relevant to where we were with the uh, Marcel Yates's of the world. The defense to me wasn't an embarrassment where it had been in the past. Where did, what was your take on Don Brown this season about him moving on there, William?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a blow in the fact that I did like the way they played. I think he got maybe as much as he could out of this group. I mean, if you look at it, what they only gave up in the 40s. Was it twice? I don't have it in front of me um you know didn't give up 70 didn't give right. up 50 something um you know i they were atrocious at washington state but they weren't as bad as the last what three or four trips right i also think he's replaceable um i think <laughs> you're not losing on, bill belichick no and again you might lose something in scheming but pick it up in recruiting if some of these names we're seeing uh you know on on whether it's jason shears hot board or the or the board we're seeing by uh the guys at, at the star um, there's some dynamic recruiters there. There's some good coaches and there's a bunch of guys we don't know anything about. And that's usually what it is with the You know, I don't think Tosh is coming here from the Jaguars, but if they could get a guy like that, right. you know, if they could get a Jimmy Lake who can recruit, that'd be great. If not, and you get, you know, the linebacker coach from Auburn who did, a, I think he's the one who was at Fresno who did a pretty Bert good Watts. job. Okay. I'll take yeah. it. Cause Fresno always kind of puts out interesting defenses. So, uh, it's a setback, especially because you're b- going to be learning a new defense in this off season. Um, but I don't think it's it's irreplaceable. All right, um, let, me th- let me throw. So up- I think I think it's it's a blow, but not a serious blow. And if you can end up pick up a better recruiter because Brown was okay, uh, then then great. Then, then maybe it's a plus gain at the
0: end. I've got an oddball theory here. For but first and foremost, if you guys aren't on DraftKings Sportsbook app, what are you doing? We, if you're listening to this show, if you're watching William Brad Alice on here right now, you obviously know sports. You should be on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Here's the deal. If, if you're a new customer, it doesn't get any better than this. You throw down $1 one dollar on an NFL game. And guess what? If either team scores, which they will, you get $100 in free plays. So there you go. You can make that, uh, make that what you must. This is, again, 21 and up. Arizona only, gambling problems. 1 800 Next Steps gotcha, New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details. I got something else here for you, William, before we get into more of the questions here. Did you, and my theory, did you know that Arizona this year was actually 3 and 1 against the spread when they were 20 point or more underdogs? The only time they didn't cover was against ASU this week.
1: And that was the, the the pick six, really. I mean, And, what and going for because they they what, was like they missed it by like two, right?
0: Mm-hmm. One yes, and a half or,
1: Uh If they don't go for the bizarre two point conversion, and I get why he did it. Uh, you don't throw the pick six, yeah. But Arizona again, that shows that they were competitive going into these games. Now, again, they they couldn't turn any of them except for Cal into a win. That is a concern. But the fact is, this was a better football team than the one we saw last year.
0: Speaking of defensive coordinators, I've been, uh, I, I think I've been on the forefront of the Antonio Pierce, possibly being a mole for Arizona movement. If Antonio Pierce were to come to Arizona as the DC, would that mole theory be
1: confirmed, Brad? Uh, I think it would have to, wouldn't it?
0: I don't know that there's any other way. <laughs> there's any other way to look at it. So <laughs> we'll, we're going to, we'll, we'll keep you uh, up to date on that. All right, so we'll talk more We'll talk more football as the uh, offseason goes on, but now let's get to something that's a little bit more uh, riveting, and that's Arizona men's and women's basketball. Right now, Arizona basketball just came in uh, number 11 in the polls, and I thought before the season this was a team that had back-end top 25 potential. I actually thought that I was going out on a limb there. Well, just like everyone else in a different way, I was wrong on this, Brad. This team's probably better than that.
1: So I didn't think you went out on the limb. I think it made perfect sense that as long as they got respectable point guard play, that this could be a pretty good basketball team. Because I looked right. at it, their front line, solid. Mm-hmm. We didn't know Christian Coloca was going to be this good. And I maybe thought Omar Ballo would be a little bit better. But at the same time, you got two seven-footers, you've got a skilled Euro, and you've got a 35-year-old man in Kim Aiken Jr. Um, who, who, who does the dirty work. You know, You looked at it on the wing. You have two potential NBA wings with Terry and uh, Matherin. You looked at, you know, the the Kyer and, and Larson and, and Kirk and I think we saw a pretty solid backcourt. Um, I don't know if I – yeah, I didn't expect this. Uh, this, you know, they basically got out and other than a five-minute stretch of the second half against Wichita State, throttled everybody. Um, you know, we're looking at – and you're looking now at teams Arizona beat by 40 and 50 – going to other good programs and competing. Right. So it, it's not necessarily just the case of this is a bad, you know, and a couple of them were bad. Yeah. But, you know, a, you went and competed with Washington and Washington's not good. Uh, one of the other ones went and competed with Illinois the other night. Yep. yep, um, hung, yep, yep. hung with them. Uh, so that's telling me again, and, and it could be the thing you're, you know, you're on a long road trip and you're tired. You've been probably out by the pool at, at the resort and suddenly Arizona goes up 20 and that becomes 40 quickly. But, Uh, Right now, barring a disaster, this is a good, very good basketball team. Now, can they keep it up? Again, I keep talking about on my podcast. I think I've mentioned it a hundred times here. They've got the road trip coming up—that nasty road trip at the end of the year, into the beginning of the year, where you go at Tennessee, at the LA schools, at ASU. And you know, my thing is, get through that two and two. You're looking really good, but we may be greedy because it's not inconceivable that Arizona's undefeated going into Knoxville on, what is it like the 29th or yeah. whatever? As a matter of um, fact, I think there's
0: a pretty good, I think there's a pretty good chance that that's going to be the case. What, oh, I do apologize here. I, I went over a question that we should have got to during football, but you know what? We're uh, we're men of all seasons right here. So we're going to go back to football real quick here. Cause this is a good question. Uh, Sean Seeley. Can we get your take on Lincoln Riley to USC? Jed fish better step it up or we're screwed. Um, Here's the thing, I don't know that USC really affects there. First of all, it's great for the conference cuz Lincoln Riley is the first actual coach that I think that isn't kind of a joke that they've had there in quite a while. I think that he's uh he, he's big he's big time and I was talking with our uh, friend John Schuster and I think basically USC will be much better next year and then within year 2 they'll probably be competing for a college football uh playoff berth. As far as Arizona goes, Oh, William, I see you objecting I, right
1: I, I do. Have, no, I have a question. And again, I like Lincoln Riley a lot. I think it's a home run hire for USC. Um, it's the first that makes sense on paper since Larry Smith. Um, yeah. I, and I got killed on this on Twitter. Yes, Pete Carroll worked out, but Pete Carroll was a curious hire. For sure. But I have a serious question. Lincoln Riley has never gone undefeated. Mm-hmm. He's never gone undefeated in his own conference. Right. If USC's twelve and 2 every year, and the four seed or misses the playoffs, how long will they be happy? Not long. Um, again, can Riley do better at USC? Maybe. And again, I, and he's also young. He's like 38, 39 years old. Right. He's going to get better as a coach, but he's never been undefeated. He's right. never gotten through the Big 12 unscathed. Um, so I think there are still some questions. He'll have USC year in and year out winning the South. No doubt about it. But can he take them? To Beyond, that next level. Can he take him to a Pete Carroll level? Right. And if he can't, how long is he there? Now, does it affect... I don't think that affects Arizona. The higher that worries me more is if Washington can land Matt Campbell. Mm-hmm. Because suddenly, Washington, I think, now he becomes a player, but where does Matt Campbell recruit on the West Coast?
0: Yeah. Arizona. Arizona. Now, he sure. hasn't
1: taken many guys Arizona's wanted, and Washington actually has, but now... He's gonna double down in Arizona. So instead of Brock Purdy, he's gonna get the the Chubba Purdy. He's gonna get Chubba Purdy. Uh, um or whoever the neck you know, whoever the next great uh Arizona quarterback, and there's enough of them. So that one I think affects Arizona a little bit more. Um conversely, I think Arizona State retaining Herm Edwards is actually good for Arizona. Oh, I, I think do Ed- too, right? I think Edwards has been good. I think they continue to recruit LA well. They're not recruiting Arizona. And as long as Arizona can, if Arizona can still be second fiddle in the state to Washington, Oregon or, or USC, I think I'm fine with that. So I think overall, Lincoln Riley to USC will actually help Arizona because it makes the conference better. It probably makes it harder for them to win the South. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it probably makes it better for them to attract talent. Uh, because remember when Pete Carroll was here, Stoops is here, and Stoops got really good recruiting classes, in, in part because kids wanted to play USC.
0: Right, for sure. And we'll 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 obviously be following that. I think that this is. I also think USC fans maybe might realize that not everything. Uh, you can't be impatient on everything, being that you've had. You've now dealt with Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, and Todd Helton or Todd Helton, uh, Clay, Clay Helton <laughs> since the uh, um, since the inception or since Pete Carroll left. So we'll keep you all up to date on that. All right, going back to basketball right here. Let's talk well first and foremost, though, also want to remind you about DraftKings code where PHNX put down one dollar on an NFL game. If you're a new customer, either team scores, you get a hundred bucks. You know what? I've been looking at a lot of Arizona basketball lines this year, and Arizona is covering those lines right now. So, you know, if you get on DraftKings, you might want to put some money on that as well because this is a fun brand of basketball. You can also bet on the women's side. Let's move over there. What we're watching with Adia Barnes and the women's basketball team, Brad, is certainly on the women's uh, side is Uncharted Waters, and – I obviously I wasn't here. I, well, I was here, but I was basically didn't. I was three. This I wonder if this is a little bit like when Lute when Luke took over the men's program, and that you know it took a couple of years, but you became respectable pretty quickly. You get that one breakthrough player, and for her or for him, it was Sean Elliott. Obviously, you had guys like Pete Williams and Eddie Smith, but Sean Elliott was really the one that kind of shot things into orbit. You get Ari McDonald here for Adia Barnes. And every, even when uh, Adia or Ari McDonald leaves, you've already got a roster filled with players, kind of like a uh, situation with Sean Elliott when he was here, where you just transitioned to a bigger lineup. And even though you didn't have tournament success, you were still really good. And you just took it from there. Do you see some comparisons there? Is that a fair comparison?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the difference is last year. Arizona was kind of a slow build. They were good. They were good all year. But when they finished fourth, fifth in the Pac-12, right, right. 88, you know, 87-88, Arizona was a two-loss basketball team who was blitz, blitzed the nation. When, when right. they emerged from Alaska, and they didn't really slow down. I, you know, again, I think they lost at New Mexico and at Stanford or something ridiculous like that before finally. Uh, and, and they weren't that good last year. They caught fire in the tournament. In fact, if you want to compare last year's team maybe to another Wildcat team, it might actually be the the 94 team that -hmm. was always pretty good but caught fire in the NCAA tournament with a small guard. uh, But now, yeah, I think the program's now established. You're seeing that. They're a little bit, I think, ahead of where people thought they'd be, uh, much like this men's team, uh, you know, getting that big win um, against Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um, then being able to hold off a pesky Vanderbilt team. Those were two big wins. Uh, they completely rolled uh, Rutgers this week. In fact, I think if I added it up right, the men's and women's team won by like a combined 82 points well, on was Saturday.
0: Crazy. Well, it was crazy. And in fact, so, the
1: first half score looked like a football score. It was like 53 to 9 or something well, like that. Uh, so it's remarkable. And they don't, they're not doing it now with one star. I mean, Reese is really good. Um, but Pellington hit the game winner against Bandy. Right. Mm-hmm. who can't shoot it, right the comparison there it'd be like reggie geary hitting the game where apologies to reggie reggie's my guy but reggie right. was not a right. not an offensive uh reggie wasn't a shooter he wasn't a shooter and she drove the lane and you know they've got size they've got athleticism uh they can go big they can go small um so it's a fun team and we're seeing what a good coach adia barnes is what a good system she has in and you know you've got the kind of that one, two punch of Thomas and Reese, but other, other kids can get it done. And it'll be very interesting to see now, how do they progress into a difficult pac 12 and beyond, you know, does Reese come back for, for an additional year? Um, You know, how does she, how do these young recruits are bringing in, but uh, you know, you can, you can say that this is a team that if they don't at least make the elite eight, you're probably gonna be disappointed. And that's, a fun place to be because we've never think been here with women's basketball.
0: And I think what you're seeing too, is that you're seeing her being able to build off the recruiting success that she's had on the court. Kind of like with loot. I mean, you think about it, you had the run with 88 and then 89, but that also probably really helped in bringing a McDonald's kid like a Khalid Reeves, you know, bringing in a transfer like a Chris Mills who was all everything from Kentucky. And it kind of goes from there. You look at uh, what um, Adia Barnes has done. You've got, Amaya Najee coming in, who's one of the top 10 players in the nation. you got a couple other kids that could be McDonald's uh, All-American. So what she's been able to do is win, but also be able to capitalize on it to where it's not just a flash in the dark. And honestly, Brad, I mean, you've seen you've seen greatness up close for a long time. This has that feeling where Arizona women's basketball isn't going anywhere.
1: No, and again, we, we got to finish out the season. But I think you could make an argument, and I don't want to pile on Sean Miller, but he kind of didn't build enough on those back-to-back elite eights. Right, um, they were always good, but he more often than not never quite got the teams he wanted. I think the closest they got was the eight and team that was upset. But there were a lot of times they had, and though they were still settling on five-star kids. Yeah, but they weren't, but they weren't his. Kobe Simmons wasn't his guy. Raleigh wasn't his guy. I'd argue Trier probably wasn't his type of guy, although I think he talked himself into it because Trier was a priority recruit, but you know, they needed more Rondes and Aaron Gordon's and less Lowry. Kobe Simmons, Simmons, you know, uh, guys who were immensely talented, but didn't have the patience or the work ethic or the defensive grittiness. I've been listening to Miller talk on some of these podcasts, and uh, obviously his knowledge is off the charts, but he's a system coach who got away from his system, Um, so that's what's exciting to see Lloyd here plugging in these pieces, Um, and I think it's easier to plug in pieces to a system like his that is based upon athleticism and defense leading to offense than it is kind of that grinded out defense that leads to a grinded out offense. All right. The
0: great thing about the AZ Wildcats podcast is we get guys like Brad Alice on here. Tomorrow we have a very, very special uh, U of A guest. That's called a tease right there. We'll be tweeting that out tonight, who it's going to be. It's somebody, though, that I think will resonate with a lot of people. It's not Kevin O'Neill, just in case people out there were uh, curious about that. But uh, this is the time to be in here, the AZ Wildcats podcast. Check out PHNX Sports. Brad, really appreciate you coming on, my man. and. um can't really thank you enough all the everybody out there that contributed uh the podcast will be up here shortly but you guys all make this happen and brad as always you're the man homie
1: hey anytime mike and uh I was, I was happy to see you hit that 900 mark so quickly oh yes you're oh and by the way
0: that was awesome i was actually i was like all right i need people to follow this and within like a minute i had like the 900 i'm like yeah, i should just be tweeting this every day then but then yeah. it loses its luster you, you
1: got to pick and choose it's like it's like running the trick play yeah you know mm-hmm.
0: There's a uh, time and a place, but it's not all the time.
1: No, you know, it's like trying to throw the alley oop and you just hope Coloco doesn't come and block it from half a mile away. That might be a hint tomorrow on who might
0: be coming on. I'll leave it at that. So you're listening to, you've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast again for Brad Alice. I'm Mike Luke. Thanks for keeping it. Thanks for keeping tuned in.